TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. In less than three minutes, you'll hear from a local young man who, when he was a kid, maybe fifth, sixth grade, middle school age, actually went participated in the March Rally for Life, March for Life in D.C., how it impacted him. So we'll hear from him, his view, and maybe giving us some perspective as far as the people who bring their kids to a march like that or maybe to a peaceful, prayerful march or rally or demonstration outside an abortion clinic like we've seen here in our region. I just want to, against the backdrop of that, talk about this new report that's out that says that since May of 2020, it appears there have been nearly 300 attacks against U.S. Catholic churches in particular. And this is across the nation. Hundreds of Roman Catholic churches attacked. I don't have the stats on Christian, necessarily Christian churches. This is Roman Catholic churches in particular. And I've talked locally about and, and some of you have called in about statues um, being, you know, smashed and that sort of thing. And they're tying it to this ruling with regard to Roe v. Wade or just anti-Christian, anti-Catholic. But the attacks against the churches in particular, this includes arson, broken windows, decapitated statues, satanic graffiti, and about 118 incidents logged since May of 2022 um, since that leak of the draft of the Supreme Court decision, remember we heard the leak that they were going to overturn the constitutional level of Dobbs v. Jackson's health organization, which ultimately overturned Roe v. Wade in the federal abortion protections. And we've talked a lot about that, states' rights. But it, it's, it's, it's disturbing, and I know so many of you have called you know, your local parish and this happened and what's going on here And I don't know that all of these had to do with Roe v. Wade, but it just seems that we have this unusual spike. And that's the report from the Family Research Council. They released this report saying that the church attacks had been indeed spiked following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So what's going on here? The the report is known as Hostility Against Churches. It's on the rise in the U.S. Anthony pulled a little audio, so let's listen in to the the, um, the actual group from Family Research Council speaking out about this and explaining it. Are going to bring these attackers to justice? It's great to be with you, Lawrence. Yes, we are very hopeful because it's the sad reality that more than 80 facilities were targeted last year and there has not been a single arrest. So we hope and pray that this reward money will cause people to come forward and help some of these culprits to be found and prosecuted. You know, Christy, I, I, I'm hopeful and I'm glad that the FBI decided to do Lawrence this. Jones. But I got to ask, what is taking so long 
to offer rewards, to go after these people. It seems like if the politics are on your side, then you can't prosecute the people doing these violent attacks. These are hate crimes. These are targeting women. These are targeting volunteers, political points of views that they disagree with. And we just now got a reward. This has been going on for a long time. Exactly. It seems like they should have been offered last year when all the attacks were occurring. But let's put this in perspective. When our attack occurred, it wasn't even referred to as domestic terrorism, despite the fact that it almost cost us $100,000 in repair work after the attack. So we're grateful that they are putting this reward money out. We wish it would have come a little bit sooner. But again, we hope that people will come forward now. Chrissy, I'm just curious. Have you gotten a call from the Department of Justice, the White House, anybody? Because Planned Parenthood, there's coordination between the White House press office, Department of Justice all the time. So I'm just wondering, what was your pro-life center offered those same services from the administration? Um, we were not. We did not receive calls from them. Now, we do fall under the FACE Act, which means if our individuals are found, they can be prosecuted under that act, just like a Planned Parenthood perpetrator could be. Um, but the other reality of our attack is that we did not have a single city or county elected official in our county at the time even reach out and even say, I'm sorry. So um, this has been a long journey, but we're grateful for all those who came around us, our ministry supporters, those who saw your show and people helped us to pull through a difficult time in the ministry. And so that was Fox News' Lawrence Jones interviewing Christy Brown, and she's a Pregnancy Services Executive Director. So she had joined Lawrence Jones um, on his cross-country report to talk about, yes, the good news is the FBI is now offering this $25,000 reward for information on those pro-life center attacks but we don't have word that there's a reward, for example, on churches. And I reported all along the Pennsylvania churches. By the way, just a shout out. I love Lawrence Jones. I'm a big fan. And he just celebrated this past, I think it was Saturday. It was his one-year anniversary, his first year at the helm of his own show. So he's being called uh, the youngest black solo host of a cable news program uh, that was one of one of the headlines in mainstream media, which is nice that he gets uh, that recognition. I, I don't know if it, we should call out his ethnicity, but he's a really good guy and uh, young guy. So I love his his perspective. I love him on Fox. I really do. Um, I could see him soon, you know, getting his own weeknight show. But that brings us to another great young man who, as as a kid with his local Catholic school, had traveled to the March for Life event there in D.C. That's a yearly situation and how it really changed his life. And it's our own executive producer, Anthony Dorenzo. I don't know if I'd say changed my life, but it, it did. Uh, it definitely gave me perspective. Gave you perspective. Yeah. Uh, I was, it was a tease. <laughs> Just roll with it, would you already? I know. I'm Mr. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, in sixth grade, I went to Catholic school, and one of the things they did, I think, every sixth grade class, I don't know how long that was kind of a tradition, but at least when I was in there, seemed like most classes got to go to the March for Life, and that included my class. Um, I mean, it was an interesting experience. I'll say that. Obviously, seeing all the anti-abortion sentiment uh, with the March for Life. And, and I mean, I was kind of used to that being in a Catholic environment. But then going there and seeing the protesters uh, for abortion and showing you a bunch of other things and almost yelling and screaming 
it, it was something I wasn't used to. I mean, growing up politics, I feel like it wasn't as abrasive or in your face as it is now, uh, especially when it comes to schools and, and how they deal with politics. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't as used to the environment of it. Uh, at the same time, I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel like it, if anything, made me lean more toward the pro-choice argument just because all those pictures of dead babies and wounds and all these things. And I understand that was horrifying to me, mm-hmm. but I think at the same time, it, it kind of made me sick to my stomach that they're trying to force me to think one way and almost like use fear to make me think that way. And I don't know. I subconsciously, I feel like I didn't really think about that until later, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely think that helped shape who I am politically and how I think about news and narratives and ideals. And I, I mean, what happened in the Mark Howe case mm-hmm. That's how we started. If I can just just interject this, because Anthony and I were talking, and I didn't know that that about you that you went to there. But it was that his twelve year old was was there, and I was looking through the initial report. Apparently, the the seventy two year old man Bruce Love got in the twelve year old's face, and it was heated. Dad was saying, "Hey, move back from my son," and that's how that it was a verbal altercation that there were varying stories on. And that's how Anthony then mm-hmm. said, you know, you said, because I said, we started saying, well, would you bring your kid to a protest? And then you said. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and I, and honestly, I think that's that's kind of where I stand on it. Is Mark Kalk allowed to use his free speech and, and use his freedom to bring his, his son or daughter to an or event? Or did the son want to go? Yeah, well, that's also another point. Did the son want to go? Um, I... I I just get frustrated, I think, when these narratives are thrown at kids. Even I understand parents want their kids to identify with things and understand what they support. Uh, but at the same time, I just think it's really hard to, to show 12-year-olds these political narratives and expect them to react in some way. It's just It turns into indoctrination, and I feel like it's really hard for them to think for themselves or grasp these issues. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's really hard for me. It is Mark Houck allowed to do this? Obviously. Yeah. In my opinion, I just think it's asking for trouble doing something like that because, like you said, this this protester was in his face and, I mean, pushing him as much as it may seem harmless, it leads to things that obviously have created problems for Mark. And, you know... And it's I, not the first time. Remember, yeah. there, was some, there was another one. It was a mom and her daughter. And the mom was criticized for bringing her daughter... In that case, the mom and daughter were shoved, but there were no federal charges. I, I'll point that what happened a couple of years ago. But in that one, the daughter spoke out and said, I wanted, I wanted to be there. Yeah. So in that one, if the kid, I guess, wants to go, then do you show them? But you said something interesting to me when we were talking about Anthony, and that was you talked about, you know, protesting, the right to demonstrate peacefully. And mm-hmm. that definitely had an impact on you. Yeah, I, I think... One thing I took away from it, even if I was feeling like something was forced on me, it also helped me really identify with like grassroots protests and kind of peacefully protesting and showing whether it's the capital of the U.S. or your local town or your local government. I mean, showing you what the people want. And, you know, no matter if that's a group of 10 to 20 people or a group of 500 or a group of 5,000, I think that is what makes America great. Uh, That is what really makes an impact on our politics anyone you think of in a good light they probably started something grassroots and eventually it led to change and i think there's a lesson to be learned in that 
because I think a lot of us sit around and we wait for change to happen. We demand for change from politicians when in reality, we need to be the change. If you want things to be better in your neighborhood, start making things better. Clean it up. Start events. Work with other people in the community. Try to figure out solutions. I think these are all the things that we're losing kind of when it comes to finding solutions because in reality, these politicians, they work for us and we need to make them know that they work for us. And I think that's that. I mean, when it comes to grassroots and, and protests and and kind of peacefully protesting to to support a narrative. I mean, that was really impactful for me at that age. Yeah. And I just wonder, because I know it's more common for high schools like Catholic freshmen mm-hmm. or sophomores mm-hmm. to go. I wonder if you were a little young and that's why, you know, because it, it does get, you know, raucous. And there are those, unfortunately, the, the images, I think it would be better if pro-life demonstrators showed baby just mm-hmm. baby, like mm-hmm. healthy born babies. Well, and some of the and that did stuff. scare me though. Yeah. Obviously, it's not like, oh my gosh, I want to support that. But right. I, I think it was just the fear based thinking that almost turned me off from that. And to your point, I think they kind of do it at a younger age because once kids start to hit high school and they understand more things about sexuality, their bodies in general, I think they tend to lean a little bit left on this issue and. I don't know if they want to deal with bringing those kids to the protests, but I don't know. I could be wrong in that. I just, that's kind of where my thinking went with it. So, well, I love, I love your take on it, but the fact that you went and it, you know, taught you about grassroots demonstrations, people traveling to DC. I think it's easy for in general people to judge, but since you were there, thanks for sharing that. I yeah, no it. problem. I love it. Hey, I just saw this. I think of our friend Sid and I know his kitty cat who's such a sweet looking cat named Archie um, has been sick. So in our prayers, it's the worst. And Michael Pelka sent the nicest, you know, message to Larry and I, cause our dog buddy boys on antibiotics. But when your family pet is sick, it's, it's the worst. It's so disturbing. I just saw in the news, there's a new report. There's a new pill that treats newly diagnosed diabetic cats without daily insulin shots. I had no idea that people gave their cat, an insulin shot daily. There's a new pill that's out now and there's big news with this, but it's, I don't know if this is for dogs or it's just looks like this is just for cats, but I thought I would mention it if, uh, cause a lot of cats end up diabetic for whatever reason. It's called Bexacat, B-E-X-A cat. And um, so it's, it's, it's the biggest benefit they say may be the ease of use for experts so you would give them, you would treat your cat twice daily um, and give them this this pill instead of the, the insulin injection. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea that that was even available. So something new to tell you about for sure as we talk about our family pets and our lives and we share it all, 855-839-1210. We do have an update on farmers and what they're doing as they complain about the the spiked price in eggs. So there's a new report on that. We talked a lot about the cost of eggs going up. Why is this happening? And why are farmers getting suspicious? So I'll have that for you just ahead. When we talk about home, I think about the Chapman family team and certainly how they've made my home more beautiful, more energy efficient. Chapman windows, doors, and siding. I mean, I love what they've done in my house with regard to some patio doors opening up a room that had these smaller windows. So windows, doors, interior doors, they've got it all. And they can really customize. If you really want to bring the outside in with that spectacular open view, just check out the new Nana wall product. 
gorgeous wall of glass doors and windows. It can really transform your home. They all, they offer everything. I mean, whether it's premium siding or premium architecture shutters designed to last a lifetime, historically accurate, just beautiful hardware options and a lifetime warranty. Just some of the unique Chapman differences I'm always talking about. They offer meticulous work, outstanding service, high quality products put in by high quality people. The Chapmans, two brothers, Mike and Mark started this business 30 years ago and they, they have all of the high ratings that you would expect. Just call or text them. 610-431-8898. 610-431-8898. And you can always take a virtual tour online. ChapmanWindowsDoors.com. ChapmanWindowsDoors.com. Please make sure you tell them Dolan sent you. I'm so thankful to get this update. Sid Weiss giving us an update on Archie the cat. Says he's all better now. He won't have to have surgery. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And he and Archie has his like front paws crossed. He's so adorable. He's like, yeah, I'm beautiful. I'm a beautiful cat. Yes, I am. He looks uh, confident and all better. He doesn't have those those sad eyes. You know how the when your dog or cat, when your pet is sick, it's the worst because they give you those those little eyes. But Archie, oh, we're so glad to hear it. Thank goodness. So I retweeted that of. Uh, with Sid Weiss. Thank you for that. So many of you sounding off. What did you write? Robert, 1776, 1962, writes uh, at Dawn Stenzel. So during the holidays, Anthony did such an incredible job. Truthfully, I think he's getting close to being able to handle a guest spot on his own show when someone is ill or vacationing. <laughs> the young man is just impressive. Amen. I agree. 100%. <laughs> So Anthony's getting getting some love for sure. You know, it's not easy, I think, to, you know, kind of share your heart and soul with people, you know, and something that happened in childhood and how it may have impacted you. So, you know, might, might look easy. Anthony might make that look easy, but I think it's great, too. Yard Dog says, Governor Ron DeSantis will suspend the business license of any business that fails to provide e-verify proof that they're not employing illegals. That's how it's done, red state governors. Get her done. So, Yard Dog, you're exactly right. I mean, that's leadership, and that's what we love. All right, so much happening today. Oh, oh you know what? They're, they're mainstream media, and we talked about this earlier this morning. We have to get into this at some point this week, talking about, oh, we have to raise money for an environmental, for an activist in Atlanta. Nobody mentioning the fact that this activist who was killed in in uh, Georgia was actually is is now somebody who ultimately why did those officers shoot they shot in self-defense because unprovoked he shot and they have the firearm and they did the ballistics according to investigators this guy shoots at an officer unprovoked shoots at an officer who is in ICU right now shot in his pelvis underwent surgery this is last week and then there were protests and they're burning, burning everything down. And the coverage that you see on the mainstream so-called media is, oh, police shot and killed a, uh, an activist. And don't tell the, what really happened. It's shocking to me for sure. We'll update that one. There's so much happening today. Um, Anthony, where do you want to go here? Because we have so much and Anthony always cuts all this audio and then, you know, we get interviews and we get you the callers and then, 
I lose my place. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's too good. much. Um, I mean, we've been talking a lot about abortion and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's stay on that. Kamala spoke out, obviously, with the Roe v. Wade anniversary. So mm-hmm. that's been a topic for a lot of the Democrats. But she spoke on it this weekend. Listen in. Even then, people live in fear of what might be next. Because Republicans in Congress are now calling for a nationwide abortion ban. Even from the moment Let's just stop that for one second. Let's just stop that for one second. It is not this whole nationwide abortion ban thing, this concept that a constitutional right was taken away from you. That's not what's happening here. And she knows that. She's an attorney. She was <laughs> yeah. a prosecutor. So she knows how to read this stuff. This is all, it's disingenuous. They want to confuse you because mm-hmm. they didn't make it a right. They could have codified it. They want to continue to have it as an issue. So that's, that's right. it. But yeah, here's the rest of it. Some even from the moment of conception. The right of every woman in every state in this country to make decisions about her own body is on the line. And I've said it before, and I will say it again. How dare they? Uh-oh, now she's <laughs> good. That's a good drop right there. <laughs> yeah, get, take that drop. Dare <laughs> they? <laughs> that's the most compassion I've heard from her. Yes. That's like the most passion I've heard her in the two years she's been vice president. Right? That's true. <laughs> Usually she's... <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> well put. You know, usually she's doing a Venn diagram. She doesn't know where she is. Oh, Kamala, Kamala, as the president. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. We live in crazy times. I mean, that that's really the bottom line here. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we have a, we have plenty of other stuff too. Uh, obviously, Chuck Todd also seems to be someone we regularly highlight after Meet the Press airs every Sunday. Uh, but he spoke out on democracy, as that continues to be his argument for everything is that democracy is dying, and uh, blame the Republicans. Listen in. Sadly, it appears it's given some of his supporters a permission slip to commit political violence. The case in New Mexico this week is just the latest in a string of violent incidents rooted in election denialism from the assault on Brazil's capital by supporters of the former president there, where Trump allies actually helped sow doubts about those election results. We had the attack on Paul Pelosi just days before the midterm elections as well. And then finally, we have this manufactured crisis here in Washington, this escalating rhetoric over the debt limit. It's a reminder of just how fractured right now the Republican Party is because it's Republicans uh, wanting to have this fight and attempt to rebrand themselves as the party of fiscal discipline, if you will, after they oversaw an explosive rise in the national debt under President Donald Trump. He brings it back to Trump. This is what this guy does every week. It's unbelievable to me. Everything always goes back to Donald Trump. Everything why why is, is it Donald, raining? Donald Trump's Donald fault. Trump, yeah. why is it? Everything is Donald Trump's fault right now. That's the thing you got to realize. It's all Trump's fault. Why is it raining? It's like Anthony said. It's Donald Trump's fault. Why did David Crosby pass away? It's Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> Give it time, they're going to find a reason to blame Donald Trump for the Geeter passing. And they're still trying to figure out a way to blame Donald Trump for Olivia Newton-John passing. So, right. It's crazy time. It really is crazy time. By the way, uh, the family of the late, great Jerry Blavitt um, had put out the fact his funeral and remembrances will be at the cathedral, and that'll be this, that'll be this Saturday. 
So we'll have more information on that moving forward. But I did want to. They... Is Donald Trump going? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Is right? Trump going? Will, will Trump be a speaker there? It really, it's it's just so annoying. I mean, it's Chuck Todd. This is what the liberals do. A lot of people like him, they just constantly rely on, okay, everything's Trump's fault. When in reality, if you want to be, he said last week he was unbiased uh, in the clip we played. If you were so unbiased, you would talk about how the budget is a concern. We are consistently putting ourselves in more and more and more and more debt. People on the right, people on the left. It doesn't matter. If he wants to be objective, he could talk about it like that rather than just saying, oh, it's Donald Trump's fault where uh, the budget went up during his term. It goes up during every term. That's the problem. That's what Republicans are trying to call out, and God forbid he, he thinks about it logically. So... We so should true. play a little game right now. We should put on The View and see how many times they mention Donald Trump in a single episode. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you put on The View right now, they're probably talking about Donald Trump. I guarantee it. Well, maybe it's an edict, you know, to help with their dying ratings on CNN and on NBC. So they have to, like, mention Trump every so many minutes. Yeah, you know, there's a local story, and I want to update this one. I know I'm jumping around, but I wanted to get this in, that that woman accused of killing her parents, then dismembering them in their Jenkintown home. We talked about this last week. It turns out that she um, was a teacher at a local Catholic school. And so now they've said that she was placed on administrative leave from her job. She's identified as 43-year-old Varity Beck, charged with first-degree murder, third-degree murder, being held without an opportunity of bail. But they accuse her, authorities accuse her, local authorities accusing Beck of murdering her own mom and dad, 73-year-old Reed Beck and 72-year-old Miriam Beck killed. And this happened January 7th, but we're getting more of the details. So we know that a, a spokesperson for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia had said in a statement that she was actually a teacher at St. Catherine's School for, with special education in Wynwood. And he said that Beck had not been present in the school since Christmas break, saying there was absolutely no indication that she was potentially involved in these violent acts. Obviously, they're horrified, horrified, but she now is on administrative leave pending the outcome of the criminal process. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what um, I don't know what she taught, what class she taught, but she was we know that she was a teacher at St. Catherine's. In our region. Oh my goodness, Catholic school teacher. So um, the children and the community praying, obviously, for the family after the, the grandparents were. And this was the dismemberment one with the chainsaw. Remember this story? So Kevin Steele had released uh, new information, the DA in Montgomery County. But oh, horrifying. And, and parents reacting to that as well. They found a chainsaw located near one of the bodies. Both victims were in various stages of dismemberment according to investigators and we had veteran veteran investigators and coroner as well said they had never seen a, a crime scene like this one we still don't know the motive so they're still investigating that one and we still await more word on that one all right we're going to take a quick break we have much more we'll get into some lighter stuff as well and what is it about pennsylvania and internships apparently we are in the, in the country, Pennsylvania is known as being pretty cheap when it comes to paid interns. We'll have that study and much more. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Still ahead. Yes, Susie Cool, we talked about thinking we had COVID. And Susie wrote, Dawn, you have such a great memory. I totally think we both had COVID before anybody knew it wasn't just a typical flu, December 2019. I'm quite sure I had it. I haven't been sick since then, knock on wood. Yeah, I... And I, I wrote, I DM Susie and said, feels like a decade ago, doesn't it? From, from 2019 until now, feels like forever, for sure. We have so much to tell you about. Aw, and Sid, Sid's um, tweeting out the two kitties looking out the window. Three kitties, actually, looking out the window. So pretty, so cute. I'm glad everybody's healthy. You know, Farm Action has called on the FTC Federal Trade Commission to investigate these record high egg prices. I love this because egg prices nationally are up 138%. It's crazy from a year ago. And we go through a ton of eggs in our family. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Obviously, a place like Pennsylvania, this impacts us. But for states that we have a lot of local, you know, we mentioned the farmer's market this morning, but we're lucky because we do have those farmer markets and things of that nature to, to help defray the cost. But um, this is record high egg prices. We have the FTC open meeting uh, with Farm Action sending this letter urging the FTC to promptly open investigation into the egg industry. And they want to prosecute any violations of the antitrust laws to find within and ultimately get the American people their money back. How about that? So good for you. I mean, this is this is farmers across America joining together saying they're blaming they everybody's been blaming um you know the fact that they had the avian bird flu, but a lot of places, for example, Calmaine Foods and other large egg producers, they're saying they didn't have the issue with the avian bird flu and they figured out substitutes. So what's going on here? They figured out how to get eggs from other other places. And so they're they're questioning this whole this whole you know hike in the egg prices. I love it, and I hope that they. I hope. And again, we're looking at the weaponization of DOJ and what the federal the feds decide to investigate. But isn't something like egg prices in the American family and what the prices we're paying and inflation? Wouldn't that be something that you would think they would focus on? But are they focusing on this one? But I love that they're they're saying ultimately. Give the American people and families their money back. Refund. Cha-ching. I love it. All right, Anthony. Anthony just told me the commercial break. Here's what we can go to. And then I get all fired up about the eggs. And then I forgot what he said to go to. Sorry, Ant. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we have a few things if you wanted to go through. Um, obviously, Rand Paul seems to be someone we always try to play whenever he has comments. And he spoke out on mainstream media, the left, uh, places like NBC, ABC, CBS, 
uh, finally turning on Biden and now how uh, the tides may be turning moving towards 2024. Uh, He spoke with Laura Ingram on Fox News. I think if you watch the news cycle, there's a startling difference in the last week or two, particularly over the classified documents and perhaps over some of the corruption charges with Hunter Biden. They've been steadfast in ignoring this, you know, for years and really not reporting on it at all. I think the fact that they're reporting on it now, if I had to guess, if we were in the boardroom of some of these left-wing media outlets, what we'd be hearing is it's time to sort of ease him out, make sure that he knows that he can't run again in case he's rumbling that he might run again. I think most of us have suspected that he wouldn't run again, but I think the Democrats and those in charge of the Democrat uh, wing of the press, I think they want to make sure that he's pushed enough that he knows he can't run again so they can start looking for a new candidate. More distrust is being fostered by something we heard from the FBI director, Christopher Wray, who was in Davos yesterday. Watch this. The sophistication of the private sector is is improving and and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has, I think, uh, made significant strides. Senator, quickly, how alarming is it that they're bragging about this collaboration between the FBI and the private sector? Next week when I return, I'll be introducing legislation that will prevent this collaboration. There's no limit to what we can do to government. There are limits to what we can do to private businesses, as far as speech. But to the government, we should, and my legislation will, absolutely prevent this collaboration. The FBI should not be meeting and discussing protected speech. Your opinion on wearing a mask, your opinion on taking a vaccine, this is protected speech. Anything you say politically, religious, otherwise, opinions are protected speech. And the FBI should not be allowed to collaborate in any discussions that regulate protected speech. Amen to that. I want to update you on the story we've been talking about, the violence, all of the the violence happening in Atlanta. Three people from Pennsylvania are confirmed to be among those charged with domestic terrorism during one of a series of protests at the proposed site of the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. We've been talking about this since 6 o'clock this morning. So I've got this from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reporting that a 29-year-old Spencer Liberto, um, Matt Makar, or Makar, who's 30, and Sarah Wasilewski, who's 35 years old, they're all um, from P- Pittsburgh suburbs, suburban, you know, 30-ish-year-olds among those arrested. And this is according to investigators and court records, the three charged with domestic terrorism and criminal trespass. Good. That's good. So they were released on $15,000 bonds ordered to return to Pennsylvania only for their court appearances in Georgia. So um, this is this is the ongoing situation. Remember, it all started with the word that a protester, Manuel Paez Tehran, was shot and killed by state police, Georgia State Police. And they said that why? Well, because there was a state trooper who who was fired upon. Uh, just unprovoked during this, I guess, environmental protest, this guy pulls out a pistol and shoots the state trooper. What saved his life was his bulletproof vest. But one bullet struck him in his pelvis. He went in for surgery. Currently, we're told he's recovering from surgery and in the ICU. And that's not in your national headlines. The headline is somebody unloaded uh, his weapon on a state trooper could have been killed And then officers then fired in self-defense. 
That's what killed this Tehran, by the way. But you keep saying, oh, environmental advocate killed by state police. It, it's unbelievable. It sure is. Okay, Anthony, do you have... You want to get in? Can can you sneak in one more thing? Yeah, we could do one more. Uh, We were talking a lot about parents and uh, obviously how ideals have been pushed towards children. And uh, TikTok, one of our transgender associates on TikTok, is telling you to not necessarily listen to your parents and all their opinions. There are other opinions out there as well. Uh, Listen in. I thought you'd like this, Don. So I did stop by your page really quickly to see that you were 14 years old. You've got so much time to learn and be more open-minded and more kind and accepting towards other people. So let me just really quickly try and tell you why what you're saying is wrong and hurtful. Let's start with only women can give birth. I'm a man and I'm going to give birth, so you're already wrong there. But there are also lots of other people, people who are non-binary or intersex, and they give birth. And again, they're not women. Then the term breastfeeding versus chest feeding. Well, for some people, it's actually just more comfortable to call it chest feeding. Some women who have experienced trauma or been abused, they might prefer the term chest feeding. But then we loop back around to not all birthing people are women, so not all birthing people have breasts. Hence the term chest feeding. I understand that your opinions and your beliefs may be deep rooted and ingrained in whatever your parents have taught you to believe, and that's okay. You still have plenty of time to form your own opinions and even educate others in your life. Do you chest feed? Ew. <laughs> it makes me nauseous. And I tweeted out earlier Pennsylvania State Senator Steve Santosero, who was listed as a sponsor for a, uh, a queer prom for kids as young as 13 years old. It's just highly, this is inappropriate. Don't talk to my kids like this guy. Oh, you're 13, 14. Don't, don't even, don't talk to my child. Ew. <laughs> it's just all creepiness. It has nothing to do with anything else. Just don't talk, just don't talk to somebody else's kid. You're creep. It's creepy. I hate it. It makes me nauseous. But all these programs, and that's what, you know, I keep, um, some of it's from Meg Brock. I included Meg on one of these. But it's a program included in the one from a Pennsylvania state senator, drag shows and kids. They get a gift bag containing condoms, lube, and info from Planned Parenthood. And these are these are kids. These are sixth graders. Ew. It's just nasty. I think Dom chest feeds. <laughs> Dom's your dad. Oh, wait a minute. Dan, take that up from the uh, producer's lounge in there. That might be a remark. Yeah, that's, uh, not, yes. All right. Uh, well, I'll give you the U of the day. Nancy Pelosi, did she get an exorcism of the House? <laughs> yes or no? We'll get to the bottom of that. And Angelo Cataldi here at 1245. Quite a feud with Sirianni and uh, Jonathan Gannon. We'll break it down with Angelo. Well, we look forward to this it. This is not the truth. <laughs> Dom show. It's Dom time now. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 